Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of the Upping Your Game podcast. I'm your host, George Hunt. When I first sat down to plan out what I wanted the show to look like overall, I set forth a few goals for what kinds of content I wanted to bring to our listeners. Aside from just bringing you all new ideas that you can use to up your own game, I also wanted to find and highlight people who are actively working to build learning environments for others to thrive. My guest today is one of those people. I got to sit down again with Adam Hoots from Construction Ake Solutions and catch up with him about some of the great stuff he's been doing down in his area of South Carolina. He's been teaming up with multiple organizations um, in order to build and help facilitate learning for everyone around the industry. So not only is he helping organize and put on different learning events, but he's also helping build and grow interest in working in the trades among the next generation of workers. So it's all great stuff. At the end, Adam also leaves us with a great piece of advice that I'll sum up in two words, just learn. So I hope you guys all enjoy the conversation I had with Adam as much as I did and find something in it that you guys can use to up your own game. Enjoy. So welcome back, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. So I'm joined by another guest today, which you might find familiar if you've listened to a couple of the episodes already. But uh, I'm back and welcoming back here, uh, Mr. Adam Hoots. How are we doing? I'm fantastic, Sir George Hunt. How are you? Oh, doing well, doing well. Weather's a little dreary today, but, you know, it's all right. It's fine. It must be a We're whole coast thing because we've got the same thing going on here. A little cloudy, a little nasty looking, but a day with you will brighten it up, I'm sure. Oh, there we go. That's what I'm hoping for. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so thanks for jumping in again. As I know you you know, you know, uh, were kind enough to come on earlier and do an earlier episode with a little bit of a recap of LCI Congress this year. Um, but obviously, I wanted to bring you back um, to have a little bit more of a chat you know, with stuff that you're doing um, and bring it out and have the listeners hear about it. So you know, we did a little bit of an intro on the last one, but why don't you go ahead and, and give us a little intro for the listeners who maybe haven't li- listened to the last one or don't know who you are yet about, uh, you know, who you are, what you do and kind of how you got to where you're at now. Man, that's a lot of questions. So feel free to pause me if I'm going too fast or too far, huh? Yeah, um, no problem. Go for it. So I'm Adam Hoots. Uh, I'm with a company called Coaches. Uh, Construction Ake Solutions. I I think the last time we spoke, I was kind of in that transition period, but um, I have, you know, what we do, we we perform boot camps, training, we educate the construction industry on how to better respect people. And those people are the frontline workers, right? Uh, I think one of the talents that God has blessed me with is being able to understand theoretical you know, lean principles and all these theory words, but then yet apply them to construction, like bring them into the job site. Like when when we're doing trainings and, and seminars and things like that, we're not doing them in cozy, like hotel conference rooms. We're in the job site. We're giving folks, you know, we're making them uncomfortable in their environment. And that's how we're learning. So <clears throat> where, how I've gotten here, um, I have worked for a general contractors for the last 20 years. Um, and before that, I was a plumber uh, in high school. My father found it very funny to make me a plumber. Uh, he knew exactly what he was doing when he did that. And he did, he, he instilled great work ethic in me, but also opened my eyes to the amount of disrespect that is in the construction industry. In fact, that's really what's driven me away from the construction industry. Uh, Despite my light affiliation still, I've got a huge passion to change um, the way folks are respected in the industry. And with the current workforce problems that we have, 
we've got no choice but to step up and make some differences in how we're treating people on job sites and how we're valuing people and <clears throat> the amount of innovation that they can bring. And uh, so that's my goal. That's my icky guy. My purpose for being, my reason I'm here on earth is to be able to take some of these theoretical principles and all this like stuff that sounds good in theories and textbooks, but then apply it in real life and not overcomplicate it, but just say, hey, look, this is what we're trying to do. And this is how we're going to make this situation better by using some of this kind of a m squared plus b squared a squared plus b squared equals c squared stuff you know <laughs> yeah absolutely um no it's great um and, and that's some of the stuff i want to talk to you about it is you helping those people out and, and kind of helping them apply some things a little bit more um but obviously you know it, it getting a little background on you and, and hearing about you know what what makes the man so to speak um is always good for our listeners to hear too so uh before we get into talking about all the work you're doing uh you know down there locally in your your own area of south carolina um and, and really the topic to get on today but is you know i, I think one of the things i i'm doing with folks as they come on here is we're talking about capability development in general we're we're, we're always learning um for the listeners, why don't you give us, if you could say, you know, one of your most memorable learning moments throughout either your career, your life, or whatever it may be, but just throw out, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a, one of your most memorable learning moments you've had. Nice. So as you were just asking that question, I had one prepared and geared up, and I'd love to share that one, but um, I'll share one that goes back to the fifth grade real fast, uh, where... Okay. We're going way back now. All right. Yeah, way, way back. You. So... Um, a learning moment of mine in the fifth grade, we were sitting there and we were in class and the teacher asked, can a new pair of shoes make you jump higher? I was like, hell yeah, they can. Of course they can. Like, it's all like a mental thing. And I'm the only one in the class that spoke up and said, yes, I think you can. And everybody was like, no, that's dumb. That's dumb. That's dumb. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait a minute. If I think in my mind that I can do something, and then I put these shoes on and I go and try, I know for a fact that I'm gonna jump higher. And I argued with that class for about 10 minutes or so. And the teacher's like, yeah, you're right, bang. And so from that point forward, like that learning moment was, hey, speak up. Like don't, like, <laughs> just because there's 30 people in your class that don't think the same way you do, it's even more important that you speak up to one, justify that you might have something there, or two, just being yourself, right? Like just um, learning how to be comfortable in yourself and and being wrong. Like there's no, there's nothing wrong with being wrong as as long yeah. as we're learning from that. And so, um, you know, I still kind of get these butterflies in my stomach when I hear about that. Like even just talking about it, it's something I haven't thought about in probably 15, 20 years. And as you're asking that question, it's like, man, I remember back in the fifth grade when I was arguing with Mr. Blue, his name was Mr. Blue, telling me that you can't jump higher in a pair of shoes. And I was like, go buy me a pair of shoes and let's go to the gym and find out. So um, yeah. yeah, kind of a couple of learning lessons there, right? One is uh, always speak up, like speak your mind. If it's on your mind, it's probably on someone else's. And then two, it's okay to be wrong, like just fail forward. Um, yeah, no, I love it. The fail forward piece and always, the the accepting the fact that you're going to be wrong, you know what I mean, and not being afraid to be wrong. I think it, it's a big thing, not only just in our industry, I think in life, right? <laughs> is, is we're always I scared to be wrong. 
I always shoot to be the dumbest person in the room because that means I am developing the most capabilities. I'm learning the most in that room. And I, I just love capability development and everything that goes along with that. Uh, you know, Dean Reed put me on this trail about two years ago and his advice was to me was go read Charles Duhigg's work. And there's a book called smarter, faster, better that really, really just opened my eyes to capability and how thinking impacts learning and, um, you know, sometimes it just takes a, a second to stop and think and reflect. Uh, and that's how we learn and grow capability. So thanks for letting me dive into that story, man. The fifth grade, it's been a long time ago, but uh, certainly got me got me just reminiscent. I love that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that. You know, is like I said, is we're we're always learning, um, you know, and, and to be able to share a little bit of a moment like that, that you remember that made an impact on you. You know, I think that it's, it, it's nice to hear that, you know, have people here that, you know, we're, we're all learning. Let's hear a little bit of a story of things that you learned about. So, uh, yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's awesome. Um, so let's dive into the topic uh, that I think, you know, I, I, I'd like to talk to you about. And really, it is all about capability development. And it's about, you know, some of what you were talking about, your passion there of, of you know, bringing or bringing some learning to to folks and helping them take these complex ideas that are maybe great in books and kind of applying them to the job site. And so um, can you talk to us a little bit about the stuff you're doing down there in South Carolina, particularly, uh, but just in general and the, you know, the work you're doing with, I know the Skilled Trades Alliance and other groups like that down there where you're trying to set up a, an environment for them to learn um, that I think isn't always there on a regular basis, right? Um, do you want to just kind of start out and talk a little bit about that kind of work that you're doing with them and others um, to let our listeners know, you know, kind of a background behind it? Yeah, I appreciate that tee up, George. Um, the Skilled Trades Alliance is something that I'm super passionate about. About three or four years ago, uh, a bunch of community leaders came together and said, man, skilled trades are going fast at a rate of five to one. People are dying or retiring. Uh, versus entering the trade. And so we went on this mission and and we've been, you know, playing activities and schools. We got activities for different age groups. We've got, um, you know, speaking opportunities in front of college kids, in front of guidance counselors, in front of tech school folks. Like we are getting the word out that the skilled trades uh, workforce is being deplenished. And, um, you know, through that work, I, we've discovered programs nationwide that are amazing and wonderful. Bring back the trades up in your neck of the words in, in Rye, New Hampshire. And, you know, there's rock the trades in San Francisco. There's construction ready in Georgia. They, like there are all these wonderful programs that are all running this race in silos. And so our goal is to really break those silos down and help everybody use everybody else's material, right? Like we want to, <clears throat> if we're going to run this race faster, there's no sense in us, all creating different routes right? like let's all run the same route together let's figure out what the most efficient route is let's get together and run and so um you know we're really trying to get the word out about all these programs that are out there and i'll tell you the last uh as as we've been doing this for the last three years and we're like yeah go to the trades like hey come to the trades it's great it's not great like we have some serious work internally to do to make the trades an attractive place to work. Um, and so that's one of my realizations over the last year. 
That's really one of the reasons I am diving into construction ache solutions, coaches really, really deep is because I, um, I feel a little guilty encouraging young people to go dive into the trades. Like it, I was that young person that went into the trades. I fell for that and I wasn't respected. I was put in places that I should have never been put in. I didn't have, I didn't even have respect for myself. And so to me, that's, you know, <laughs> that's really poor leadership. Um, it's something that I want to change. And so I'm going to be a leader in construction that listens to those frontline workers that says, hey, maybe I don't have to get into that ditch full of sanitary juice, right? Like that's um, that's important to me. And so being able to empower folks to speak up uh, is huge. And so when we get people in a room and we understand that, you know, they're people and they have voices, they want to matter in this world, they want uh, they know how to make things better. If we just like, they might be that one out of 30 people that speaks up and says, I can get into that ditch if I have different shoes, you know? Um, yeah. So, so skilled trades Alliance is such an awesome, just amazing group. I will brag that I'm the only middle-aged white guy in the group. And so I know that might be hard for some to hear that don't know me and don't have that trust built with me, but I'm proud of that, man. There's there's several women, there's African-Americans, there's Hispanics, like that's what we need. It's like a, an organization of the people for the people. And um, it's very important that we, we, I mean, we have open conversations like that, right? Our board meetings, I would love for you to come attend one of our board meetings because they're open, they're very intentional, uh, they're very strategical, as a, a gentleman of mine would say, Mr. Jess. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it's just, it's love, it's passion, it's caring, it's uh, for the people, right? And, and that's what it's all about. We're trying to develop a culture that's inclusive, that uh, uh, actually the mission is, right? We want folks in the trades to have as much pride in their work, as much pride in their career as they do in their work, simply yeah. said. Um, so that's one of the things we're doing down here. Uh, another one, which kind of falls coincides with it, uh, you know, LCI has community of practices everywhere. Trying to get one started here. We're starting a community of interest in South Carolina. We've been the Carolinas for, you know, since its inception, but everything is done in Charlotte or Raleigh, which is at least an hour and a half, two hours from us, uh, right. and as much as five hours. And so we're we're really trying to dive in. We're bringing owners, we're bringing uh, trade partners, we're bringing engineers, architects, uh, we're bringing touch plan sales engineers. Like, thank you for coming uh, earlier this week, George. That was huge. Of course. I really appreciate that. Um, but man, we're just getting folks together, again, giving them a voice, trying to just understand what is the maturity level of our community of practice when it comes to lean construction. And you know, the only way you can do that is by bringing the community together. So I love the community of practice. I love what's happening there. Um, the, I mean, we just, we have so many things going on. I don't want to take, are we good on time? Yeah, no, keep, keep, keep it on. going. Keep it going. Um, I can get passionate about some of this. So again, you got to watch me, keep me between the guardrails here. Um, I gotcha. No, please but, keep going. So SC Career Kids is something I'm super proud of too. Um, and, and I'll send you a link, but uh, with SC Career Kids, we're taking careers to kids before they even go to elementary school. This is pre-K, this is you know, getting into the um, young, young folks so that we can start helping them connect uh, words that deal with employment, 
the words that they currently know, like Lego to engineer, if you will, um, or caring to uh, nursing, right? Uh, and so the goal or the mission is started as, hey, we want to have like a safety village. I don't know if you're familiar with safety villages around the nation. Have you no. heard of that? No, it's I basically haven't. a place where kids can go and learn about fire. Like Cobb County has a huge safety village that's in Georgia. Um, okay. And they, they take like a, a small miniature town and they'll bring firefighters there and they'll teach them about fire safety. They'll bring police officers there and they'll teach them about public safety. And, and so it's really like a, a safety minded thing. Well, Katie Wiggs had a beautiful idea like, hey, we need a safety city here in Irma, South Carolina. We want to have like a mini safety city. But instead of only using it for safety, we want to use it for careers. Like we want to have the local, you know, um, restaurant come in here and put a, a very like-sized uh, kind of place where kids can come and learn about the restaurant business or a construct like a mason, have them have a little office here and kids can come and learn about masonry. And so um, it was a great idea. We've been somewhat, I wouldn't say floundering, but we've been planning for two years. And we met this guy named Emil and he is an AR VR like specialist that dude is amazing like best in the world and he lives right here in spartanburg south carolina and so we got him involved and i'll have to send you what we've created it's basically like you know you think um think google maps where you plug in your address and you know like you can drop the man down on the map yeah and then you can like see what he's looking like at a street view kind of a thing yeah but yeah that's exactly it yeah. and so, so we've got a street view but it's on a car and you can look over and this is all filmed with 360 cameras and so yeah look over see the firefighter you click on the firefighter boom you go into the firefighting station and you're sitting down one-on-one -on -one with the firefighter and he's telling you about how he gets a, a you know how, what he does how he got there like all about his career and then the bell rings and then you get to go with the firefighter like it's freaking cool and you can you know we i don't want to give too much of it away but we got a ton of video stored. I got Harper Construction, who uh, or Harper General Contractors is their actual name. We're going down there on Monday. Uh, we're going to do some recording on site, so we're going to get some construction folks in the mix. We're going to talk to about, you know, talk to kids about how you get connected um, with the from a construction experience. You know, these cards, which I'll have to send you one now, since uh, if you can see that, those yeah. are the fundraiser made by the kids right and their thumbprints are what really makes the card up and so you're just doing different fundraisers with them again all for the kids helping them understand where are they going to fit in life like what is their icky guy what is their purpose like how are we going to match them with a career that they're going to love and they're not going to consider it as work um so, I mean, with that, you know, we're doing some things at Clemson, guest lecturing, we're helping Greenville Tech put together their uh, continuing education program when it comes to the skilled trades. I mean, you know, we, we're we staying busy. Um, you got, you know, the Kidney Foundation. I'm a huge believer in what the Kidney Foundation's doing. We make cross bracelets. I'm sure I got some of those. Uh, that's what was on my cards that you probably heard. We're making oh, yeah. cross bracelets okay. for people trying to just bring some happiness and encouragement into the world um, as much as we can, because, you know, we're, we're limited on our time here and we really need to invest in that next generation and not just invest in them, but make the world better for them. So um, kind of a long winded response. Uh, hopefully I hit the question. Uh, if not, feel free to reload and shoot again. 
No, no, you definitely hit the question. And, and I'm glad you, you kept going because I know, you know, in our talks is there is a lot that you're doing down there, you know, and I think it's the great part about it is that it's not, you're not just focusing on, you know, the construction industry and you're not just focusing on one thing as you are really kind of reaching out and getting such a diverse audience and, and building this community for really everyone, right? And, and it's not just learning about construction and the trades, but like you said, as you're bringing people in and, and, and the kids in to learn about careers in general and, and helping the next generation. And so I think it's it's such a great thing to hear that, you know, there's communities and there's an environment getting built where people can come in and kind of comfortably learn, we'll say. Um, because, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, the, the traditional school isn't, isn't always the best place for everybody to learn. And I think over the years, you know, we've seen that and we've seen it from the evolution of, you know, the, the education industry and everything that it's going through, um, you know, between online classes and things like that. But, um, you know, yeah, it is, I'm glad you, you went through it and hit on all that. Cause I think it, it's so many different aspects, but I think you you know, you, you hit on it is that you're, it, it's a diverse range of people that you're, you're reaching out to as well. Um, and so I, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, <clears throat> I think you just touched on something huge that I just wanted to highlight real fast. Um, people learn in different ways, right? Like some people, uh, you can lecture to them and they actually retain some of it. Um, some people like to to hear, like to see and smell and touch what they're learning, and then they learn things. Um, some people it takes like turning around and teaching others what they just learned for them to actually learn things. And as leaders, you know, in this world, we've really got to understand that, and we've got to reach out to people, right? Meet people where they are. I've heard that a lot. And you know, if somebody has a preferred learning style, it's our job as teachers to twist the material in such a way that they're going to be able to learn that. And I, in my opinion, <clears throat> at least here in South Carolina, our school systems don't do a very good job at teaching people to think. They teach people to test and they just want to pass their standardized testing. In fact, they get rewarded based on passing, you know, how many students passed your standard tests. And I think we do that a lot of the times in construction where it's like, I, I don't want my workers to think, I just want them to get, you know, a thousand square foot of block done today, and then we're gonna be good. So there's your test, can you go and do it? Don't think about it, just do it. And that's wrong. And we're not allowing or uh, providing opportunities for our people to go and learn how to do things better, how to think while they're working. We're only using 75% of the whole person. And until we can tap into that 100%, and we can learn how to motivate that motivate that other 25%, how to get them the brain turning, the wheels moving, we're missing out on productivity left and right. And so <clears throat> I, I just think that's a huge point that you just made. <clears throat> that I, you know, people learn different. And if you're a true leader, you're gonna figure out how people learn and you're gonna twist your material such that they get the most out of it. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I, I think, yeah, it's, it really is. It's something that I've definitely taken to heart over the years, because I think I've realized the way that I learn, and it's not usually the most traditional way. Um, you know, it wasn't until, you tell us more. Yeah, well, no, it, it wasn't until later in life that I realized that, like, I had been going through my whole life, 
um, with ADHD. You know what I mean? And I didn't realize until I think seven, eight years ago now. Right. And so as I always just found it as I had to work harder in school to retain information and sit down and whatever. And so I would be the one who was up all night, you know, quote unquote studying, but I knew that I was getting, you know, my, my mind was somewhere else and I, I, you know, it'd take me forever to get stuff done, but I grounded it out and I, and I got it done. But then, you know, come to find out it's like, well, you know, it, cause I don't learn the best when sitting in a room and having to listen to a lecture or sitting and reading a book. Um, it's not that I don't learn that way, but it's not my favorite. So, you know, to your point about learning something and then teaching it back is I think that's kind of how, how I make sure that my brain has taken in, you know, that, that content. And if I'm able to say it back or show somebody else it, um, you know, I found that's kind of the best way to do it. But, you know, that's, again, it, I mean, it took me what, 30 years to figure that out. You know what I mean? It, to, to really figure out how the best way to learn. And I think part of it is that we, we didn't always have the environments where you could learn in different ways. Um, and that's why I think it's so great with all the stuff you're doing down there is you're creating these different environments where kids and, and you know, grown adults can go and learn about something different um, and learn something in a different way than just sitting down in a classroom. Um, you know, they can learn while they're on the job or they can learn in the context of the work that they're doing, uh, which is fantastic. And I think the way that, you know, a lot of people will, will find out that they, they might learn better than, than the way they've been doing. Um, the only way to move forward is to experiment with different options, right? You can't yeah. just do the same thing all the time. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're, we're not going to get any change anywhere if we don't, if we keep doing the same thing. So, um, so you heard it here from George first. You need to learn the way you learn. Yeah, exactly. Learn the way you learn. I, I think it is. That might be a tagline. I might. I hashtag. Might hashtag. Learn how you learn. Learn way. There you go. Hashtag. Um, so it, you know, we, we've heard about all the stuff that we're, you're doing down there, and we've talked about it a little bit with with creating the different environments. But I think you know the people tuning in and listening, right? Is, is they're probably hearing it and thinking this is completely different than than what we're used to seeing, and maybe in their neck of the woods. And really, I mean, who knows that this, you know, depending on where people are, they might have a lot of communities that are built up like this already. But, you know, can you just hit on a little bit where, you know, obviously we're building the learning communities and building a spot where people can you know, be in an environment to learn a little bit more. But, you know, how is that different right now or from where things are usually right now, the kind of the current state, right, is where, you know, if you're in construction industry or really wherever, um, you know, how do you feel that it compares to where we are in general right now when it comes to if you're somebody who wants to learn something or wants to learn something a little bit differently, you know, how, how do people go about it now before you guys started to do all these kind of, um, you know, initiatives and in starting and building these, these different events for people, um, you know, kind of how, how was it before where, you know, if you wanted to go out and learn something, you know, what, what was your typical, typical way to uh, do that? So <clears throat> I think, I think it's failure, right? Like that's the only way to learn is through failure. Um, I shouldn't say the only way to learn. It's the best way to learn because you, you put yourself in a position where it's like, man, I don't want to do that again. That stove is hot. Don't touch it. Hoots, don't touch it. It's still hot, George. And yeah. <clears throat> But when we're creating, um, you know, I'll, I'll even say safe spaces or psychologically safe spaces where people can come with the intention to learn, 
that's different, you know, like, so I'd say, I guess to answer the question, uh, you know, from a current condition, at least in construction, I think there's, there's this belief of, um, I can't fail. I can't get it wrong. I can't do things. You know, somebody might throw their hard hat or somebody might yell or scream and get that vein popping out in your neck right there. You know what I'm saying, George? And so, yeah. uh, um, you know, it's it's kind of that fear factor. And so fear often um, causes like this analysis paralysis, like I can't do anything because I might mess it up. And man, that's what the world's about is messing up and learning and then not messing up again. And so um, <clears throat> when we're creating these spaces where, you know, kids can come and learn, right? Just naturally as a child, you have this inquisitive mind of like, hey, I want to I want to learn something. I'm trying to learn how to speak. I'm trying to learn, you know, I'm crying when I need a bottle versus just saying bottle or, and, and so that, that's what we're trying to drive people back to, right? Like just this natural, humble inquiry, like trying to figure out the world, how to get better, faster, how to get smarter, faster. And you don't do that by um, kind of shelling yourself off and you don't do that by being afraid that George is going to yell at you if I answer this question wrong. Um, So yeah, you nailed it, right? Creating these safe spaces where people can come and be unapologetically themselves. Like I, if you know, you come to that meeting and you say, I don't even know what lean construction is. And our community of practice takes that as a personal challenge of, Hey, we're trying to optimize the whole. And if you're left behind, we don't have the whole. And so we want to catch every single person up to where we are because we know that that person has value that they could add to the group that may change the entire direction of where we're heading. And so, you know, and we're open to that. Like I am always, always, always open to being wrong. I told you earlier, I'm the dumbest person in every conversation because I am trying to figure out why I am wrong about a given topic. And so, as a, as a leader, it's important not just for the people coming to feel psychologically safe, but for me to feel safe that, you know, I'm a leader and this talk might fail. And oftentimes, you know, the beginning of it, it feels like maybe the walt, the wheels are coming off a little bit, but that's until we hit a groove and we start, you know, recognizing patterns and we're able to march to the beat and we're able to understand, you know, what comes next naturally because we start to become self-organized. And so that's the goal is, is self-organized systems that virtuously live on forever. Uh, and I, I hate to dive into that. Actually, I love to dive into that, especially with you, because you are where I started my systems thinking course with Hal and Terry and Colin and, and those folks. And so, um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we are creating systems where learning and capability development of the team is more important than any one person learning or developing capability because if that one person learns it and can't shares it that sucks and i think we have a lot of that in the construction industry from a hey there's lots of fantastic consultants out there um but how many you know and who learn so so much and who have this like knowledge where they're like if if we're running a marathon they're on mile 25 and a half yet the industry's like on a half mile still. And so that gap really throws people off. But when you can be running, you know, maybe the industry's at a half mile and you're at a mile and you're slowing down like, hey, y'all, 
you good back? Like, is everything good? Uh, and you know, you're bringing them along, you're encouraging them, you're motivating them. You're saying, Hey, what are those next steps to get you to three quarters of a mile? And again, you know, at the risk of making anybody mad at me, you know, I think our industry needs more coaching. I think our industry needs more uh, hoots on the ground, as I'll call it. Uh, which <laughs> there you go. We'll learn more about that at the new year. Um, but I, I think it's important that we uh, are able to create space or create a race where everybody is running at the same pace so that we can advance the entire industry because that's what we need in order to bring every single person along with us. We need, um, we need a space where people are not afraid to speak their mind about whether or not they can jump higher in a new pair of shoes. Yeah. I love that. I love how you just worked that back into that learning model from the beginning. I like it. Um, yeah. And you know what, that kind of goes into the, the next piece of it I wanted to talk about too, is that really, you know, with, all the, the initiatives you're working on and, and building all these communities, like what does the future look like for you? You know what I mean? Of, of all this space. And I think you kind of touched on it, right? Is you're, is, is you're looking at building it as a system of learning. And so a system where, you know, even after you're gone and you're out of it and the people that, you know, are, are working in it now are done with it is that it still is going on and the cycle keeps moving in a, in a virtuous manner. And that, everyone's still in there and they're still, they're still learning. It, it kind of keeps it going. And so, I mean, like I said, we touched on a little bit, but do you want to kind of go, if you had to look at this 10, 15 years down the road of, you know, not necessarily one by one, but kind of all these environments that you're creating and learning, you know, what, what is it for you that has it for like a future state of this? Man, what a good question, man. Um, yeah. I, I love good questions because you always like, you can hear somebody thinking. Yeah. Do you hear that? See, if I had, if I had the soundboard, I'd, I'd do the Jeopardy music, but Jeopardy? You know. hold on. I got you. <laughs> we just gotta, you gotta tell me a little bit ahead of time. Cause now it's not going to do any good when I put it on, but. Um, can I get the origin of the question please <laughs> uh, yeah no I, so 10 to 15 years from now and i'm gonna i'm probably gonna at, again at, at the risk of sounding like a technology nerd um i <clears throat> let the nerd fly man yeah i'm gonna <laughs> fly that flag huh i'm yeah. gonna go out on a limb and, and i know you've heard of the metaverse right yeah of course and so people are starting to make digital twins um, of physical spaces, but also of themselves, right? And um, yeah. and so, when I think 15 years from now, I'm thinking that <clears throat> I have a digital twin. I have um, artificial intelligence that has understood the way I think and understands the way I talk, and um, that. Adam Hoots never dies, right? Like Adam Hoots is always around for the rest of eternity. And if my great, great grandson or daughter wants to come and say, hey, Adam, tell me about that lean construction stuff you used to do back in the day. And I'm able to just, you know, eloquently respond to that person with um, respect for people talk, 
talk about tools, talk about culture, like, and I'm able to help them understand the, where we are or where we, yeah, where we are right now. Yeah. Helping to prepare them to think for the future. And so, I mean, this is crazy to think about a little bit, but it's really there. If you watched Facebook's, um, meta name change and the way Mark Zuckerberg did that, he did that in a digital environment. And so yeah. I'd highly suggest going to watch that video if you haven't. Um, but there are like, technologies advancing so, so fast that um, we really need to take advantage of it, uh, especially when we find you know, these niches, these pockets of need in our industry, like, again, just the respect in construction is is huge um, to have not one supervisor walk by a worker without acknowledging, smiling, saying hello, saying good morning, good evening, whatever. Um, and so when I think 10 to 15 years, it's like, <clears throat> you know, I've got, I've got a system, right? I've got a system that I manage project sites. And so one of my goals is to spread that throughout the nation because people feel included in my system. It's not complicated. It's really not. It's literally just going and engaging with everybody on the job. Yeah. That's it. And, and requesting feedback from everybody on the job, filtering that feedback into action items and taking action on the feedback like it's learning as we're building and um and so you know man i'm still struggling on on the question because you know 10 to 15 years from now i'm hoping it's all automated right it's all like hey we saw that your tact schedule says this but ai is saying when we did this before these 15 things happened Here's solutions for each one of them. What's the route that we want to go, right? Like more information to be able to make better decisions. Um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question or not. In the omniverse. Yeah, no, listen, I mean, it is sometimes difficult to think 10 to 15 years in the future, and especially with how quickly things are changing now. Like you said, with technology, it's, it's a little bit um, difficult to kind of make that prediction but i think you hit on it it is the points where you're talking about there's the you know it is long after you're gone is whether it's in the metaverse and there's an adam hoots or however that looks being able to have people understand where we're at now because i think that's part of the reason why i'm uh, such a big history buff in general is you know what i mean is you can't is it's easy to sit there and look at where we're sitting now and be like, okay, yeah, like this is what I want to do in the future. But it's also another thing to be able to look back and say, like, this is where we were and how things were back then and where we've kind of uh, progressed to now and make sure that we don't make those same mistakes. You know what I mean? Is I think that, you know, history just repeats itself, right? Is that's kind of how it happens and it's a cycle. And so a vicious if we cycle. don't, right, exactly. And if we don't know where we used to be, so that we don't make the same mistake when it comes back up again, right? Is we're just gonna fall back into that cycle. And I think it's, you know, hopefully with the emergence of all these technologies and everything else, we can do a better job of not falling into that. Especially when it comes to construction and, and the the men and women who are trying to come into the field. And, you know, hopefully the the more men and women who are trying to come into the field uh to do to do work, because like you said, it is it is a industry that we're we're sorely lacking for talent. Um, and you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of people out there trying to do a lot to, to get that interest up. 
Um, and hey, you I, know, it's hopefully hopefully it gets up there and we keep going because construction's not going away. <laughs> we still uh, need buildings. Always need building. Shelter is important to just human survival. Society relies on construction. Um, I guess I love how our conversations are always kind of slipping right back into that learning and capability development. It's like, man, we got to learn from the past. Um, and so I, I guess I would challenge you uh, as a touch plan representative to when are we going to have, you know, I go in there and I create my schedule and touch plan or I'm establishing my weekly work plan. I want, you know, hey, when I saw these three things lined up with this activity last time, these are the things that might happen out of like forecasting problems. I, I think touch plans generating or, or the users of touch plan are generating so much data that there has got to be a predictive analysis, a risk, like something that we can use from all that data. And I know I'm making it sound way easier than it probably is, but uh, challenge to y'all touch plan, like how are you going to help us predict failure or potential points for failure? But not just that, also generating those solutions um, as a list, right? An idea box of, hey, if this happens, then try this. Or if this and this happen, then try this. Uh, and I think, again, with, with you know, the knowledge that's dying or retiring from our industry, that is gonna become like paramount to collect that data and put those options in front of young people who just don't have that experience to, to make decisions off of. So again, sorry to uh, kick it back to you and challenge you on your own podcast. That's probably, but I want you to up your game, George. Like I want TouchPlan to up their game. I think I, I love the software and I think it offers so much from a just a clarity perspective. Uh, but I, I see the potential being so much more looking into the future, forecasting solutions and, and Really, again, just being a platform to help um, make, allow everybody to see as a group, know as a group, and act as a group. Yeah. No. By all means, bring it out. Throw throw the gauntlet our way. Um, I think you know we we love it when it does that, and I think it pushes us, uh, you know, to to try and develop that stuff. And I think you know, listen, is is it going to happen tomorrow? No. But I think the part of it that you brought up there is the data piece of it. And I think for me, one of the biggest things that I've always been intrigued with when I came to TouchPlan, both as a user, you know, before I came and jumped ship and came over to the actual company itself, but also now when I see people making, you know, all this data in the background is the fact that, you know, sometimes people find learning, you know, right right now our culture is that learning is something separate from our work, right? Is is it's not always that we're learning from our work and there's like an extra step you have to go through to learn from it. Right. So everyone always looks at it as there's all this extra stuff, I got my job I'm doing, you know, yeah, to right now to take my data and look at it and analyze and all that, I got to do a bunch of extra steps. I don't have time for that, right? So I think the promise is that we have all this data and to be able to get it to a point where we can show it to you in a way that you can learn from it easier than you do right now, where you don't have to necessarily take the four or five, six extra steps to learn on top of it that might be preventing you right now right and, and so to your point whether it's a predictive about what's happening on the job site and what might be happening you know based on the last three or four times you've done it or even if it's just taking a look at it and saying hey you know what with your crew size and the man hours you're putting in here the last time you guys exceeded 800 man hours right on this short period of time you guys ended up having a safety incident 
you mean just being able to flag and nudge things like that it is i think that's the promise of where data is and i think that's where you know it really excites me being on this side of it is to see how we can start developing it and how we can start getting into that mode um where we can help people learn easier which i think is part of it too is that the the whole way we learn is changing you know in everything we've been talking about here but being able to have a way that people can learn easier is what i think keeps keeps pushing me forward here with, with touch plan and when we talk about this stuff is that you know what i mean is we we're in a spot here where we can we can help that we can help that along um, and, and it's I've really seen, in its infancy right now yeah i've seen that too for whatever that's worth like as you know the things over the last couple of years with the dashboard have come out and then the extra fields where we can start tracking you know productivity or quantities and and things like that so you know, bravo to y'all for for actually listening to the people and making modifications. Uh, I think again, that's the feedback loop that allows our systems to be slightly tweaked to go from vicious to virtuous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that it's great. That'll be a great hats off moment and, and uh, round of applause for you know the touch plan dev team and product team and everyone who's involved with listening to the customers and getting that stuff in there. Um, because believe me, it's not it's not me. You know, I, <laughs> it, it, there's a whole team that works behind the scenes here who who does a lot of amazing work to get that out there. But um, so let let's um kind of bring this full circle here. Um, I don't want to keep you all day long, even though I'm sure we could sit here and talk all day long. Uh, but so you know, we we've talked a great amount about you know creating these environments of learning. You know, all the great stuff you're doing down there locally in South Carolina. Um, one thing I do want to do is leave the listeners with something to take away with them. So kind of a, a call to action, a learning moment, if you will. So um, whether it's talking about specifically the topic we had or just an in general piece of words of wisdom, is there one piece of advice or some words of wisdom that you would leave someone with um, when it comes to learning and capability development that, you know, someone who's, you know, listening to the podcast and thinking, you know, this is a bunch of great stuff. You know, I want to start on my journey of learning more or anything like that. Just <clears throat> do you have a, a piece of advice you could give to people uh, to kind of leave them with here as we close out? So I learn from everything, from everywhere. Um, be okay with comfortable silence, like what just happened for those three seconds when I didn't respond right away. Um, <clears throat> look for those thinking opportunities, right? When we ask the right question to somebody and you don't get an answer right, like right immediately, but somebody kind of looks up and you know they're thinking, like that's gold, that is learning. And so embracing the awkward silence, um, being okay with it and allowing that moment to be a little awkward uh, can really drive learning and thinking. <clears throat> and so I guess the, the one piece of advice I would give you is to, to listen to everything, um, to pay attention to actions and to, to just learn like that, you know, pause pause and reflect that causes learning getting outside your comfort zone that causes learning uh establishing guardrails and pulling content that's learning right like you don't have to learn technical things you can learn from 
you know, just, hey, George, I learned on this conversation some things about you uh, and, and just your learning style in general. Like that was something that I learned on this call. And, you know, I've learned other things about, you know, I used to say your name in different ways and, and you didn't like it. And that was feedback that you gave me. And so I was able to learn about that and modify my approach moving forward, even though sometimes I almost slip into it from time to time. But um, <laughs> I, I think that's that's it, right? Learning is all around us. We just have to grasp it and bring it in. And so um, learn, learn like that is the root of all of this lean stuff, right? Like Nicholas Modig told me a story of Obusan. Are you familiar with Obusan's story? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was an old Japanese guy who was, you know, he know he knows lean and he knows how to build and someone brought him into the plant and they're like, hey, Obasan, do we do lean? Look, we do pool planning and we do manufacturing and we do quality and we do this and that. And it's like, ooh, I do not know, I do not know. Take me to the Gemba. And so they go to the Gemba and the, the place where value is created and they say, Obusan, do we do lean? Are we lean? It's like, I do not know. So they went to the conference room, they're you know finishing up the meeting and they said, Obusan, we brought you in here. We paid you like hundreds of thousands of dollars to tell us if we're lean or not. Are we lean? And he goes, I do not know. I was not here yesterday. And so the point of that is, right, did we get better from yesterday to today? And if you did, then you're lean. If you're not, then you're not. And so are you learning and applying forward? Um, that would be my best advice is embrace the awkward silence, get a little uncomfortable, pull content from places that make you maybe a little uncomfortable and learn. Just learn. I love it. Just learn. I, I think that's a great piece of advice for everyone uh, to, to be able to take away from this. And I think our whole conversation is all around that is just learning in, in a number of different avenues. So, um, yeah, I don't want to keep you much longer. Like I said, we could probably sit here and talk all day. Um, but, uh, unfortunately we got to wrap up at some point, but I think that's a great way to, to, to leave it there with that piece of advice for me about just learning. And so I want to thank you again for being on here, Adam. It's always a pleasure. We always have such great conversations. Um, and you know, for those who are still listening, I appreciate it. Check out Adam Hoots on LinkedIn, go connect with him, ask questions. He is always open and, and loves talking with people. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining in and, uh, Adam, thanks again for jumping on. Appreciate you, George. Thanks so much for having me. And if you really want to get me at LinkedIn, just go and, and talk some junk to me on there. And then I'm going to come find you and we're going to have a video call and work this thing out. There you go. Exactly. Appreciate your time, George. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam.